So on the 4th of July, by the way, that's when? Tomorrow? Kind of losing track of the days because my wife is out of the country and uh, the boys are on vacation and they don't keep me abreast with what's happening. Their interest is always self-centered. It's kids, you know, that's how they are. If it has to do with me, then I get to know by the way. But uh, 4th of July, and we will fire up those barbecue grills, right? Or we'll participate in a parade or parades, or we'll gather in parks, or we'll take a steamboat cruise to riverfront concerts. Or we will light up those night skies with fireworks. I was up a little late last night, and I was a little worried for all the dogs, those pets, because I could hear those whistles and those booming sounds as we usher in 4th of July. After all, Declaration of Independence Day is a celebration of the triumph of liberty. We are aware that liberty is perhaps, perhaps the greatest and most important ideal of our time. However, you will agree with me that there's diversity in our understanding of liberty. From a human standpoint, the ultimate ideal of liberty is self-determination. But that does not free us from sin and death and the evil one. So why pursue liberty and still be enslaved? That, to me, seems self-defeating. In the Gospel pericope for this weekend, Jesus establishes a movement. He sends out a large group of his followers into the surrounding community to proclaim the reign of God. Having been called to walk with him, he tells them how to conduct themselves. In fact, when I was reading the Gospel, this week, and listening to Jesus tell them how to conduct themselves, I, I had in my, my mind, my mom, okay, when you go out, you conduct yourself in this way. You go to school, you conduct yourself in this way. You go to church, you conduct yourself in this way. You go to visit friends, you conduct yourself in this way. I try to tell my sons that, but they don't, they don't care. Um, it's a different time. But, fortunate for me, I think they don't care, but they actually do. So I think I have to keep telling them and hope that it's registering, right? And when I check in on them or somebody tells me, you know, your sons have been, I said, well, you know, I'm glad to hear that. And I kind of feel like I've accomplished something. 
But yes, Jesus tells them how to conduct themselves and what to expect in the world. I mean, we do that for our kids, how to conduct yourself and what to expect in the world. Secondly, he cautions that everyone will not be receptive of them. Not be receptive of them, not be receptive of the message they bring, not be receptive of the good news. And in so doing, he prepares them for rejection. And thirdly, he tells them that when this happens, they should move on. Don't try to force your beliefs on anyone. Just move on. In fact, he told them in kind of dramatic fashion, go outside, take off your sandals, shake that dust off those sandals, and keep going. They knew he would be following them. And the goal was liberty. He could show up anytime and at any place. Of importance to me was his assurance that they will find people ready and eager for liberty. And hence, they should focus on the mission. This reminds me of the times in which we're living. It seems ripe for change. People are eager for something different. We have come a long way, you would say, and recent technological advancements have greatly improved the livelihood of many, many people. Still, there is a hunger for more. We long for something new that would alleviate suffering, that would alleviate fears. Liberty is attractive for all except those who choose. Or let me put it this way. It's attractive for all except those who stand to lose because of it. I'm not thinking of an ideal here. I have real people in mind, real people. I'm thinking of those who are idolatrous, those who are greedy, those who are corrupt, those who are oppressive, those who are racist, and those who are envious. It suits them to keep things as they are. They do not want justice and peace. If they do, they want it on their own terms to serve their own interests. In chaos, they exercise power over, and that makes them gods. But liberty for all is not their goal. It is never their goal because that would make them vulnerable. Jesus instructs his followers 
carry no purse, no bag, no sandals. What's that about? Is he setting them up for failure? One would think, or it seems so. Some, if not all his followers, probably felt that way. They were vulnerable, and no one likes to be vulnerable. We think of vulnerability as weakness. Well, Jesus did not think it was, because he expects his followers to be like him. Though he was God, Paul writes in second, uh, second chapter of Philippians and verse 7, though he was God, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave and assuming human form. Jesus expects them to display power not over, but power with the vulnerable. So he gives them authority, cure the sick, and with confidence tells them to proclaim the reign of God. And when they did, when they did, the returns were remarkable. They report, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us in verse 17. A lesson well learned, that we need nothing but Christ when engaging this world. We are not out to find God. That's not what we are out to do. But we are out to serve God. We are not to make ourselves gods, but to reveal the love of God. So as we celebrate Declaration of Independence Day, we are reminded that we are not Americans alone. We are not Americans alone, we are Americans together. We are family. We stick together in difficult times and build each other up. In so doing, we build a stronger nation and we spread liberty for all, not some, but for all. Our experiment with liberty is not complete since we are free, but not completely free. I want to remind you today that when we think of ourselves as Americans, we must think of ourselves as being shaped by our ancestors. Our ancestors whose dream was liberty, and that liberty we carry forward. Their faith in God led the way. It is also true that they left us a rich spiritual background. Let's think about it for a moment. They were Native Americans. They were Europeans. They were Africans. They were Asians, and we can go on. We are shaped by this diversity of race and spiritual beliefs. Perhaps you've heard me say it before. 
Yes, we have been a predominantly Christian people. But at the heart of who we are as a people, we are ecumenical. As such, we do not seek to impose any particular system of belief on anyone. In fact, in following Jesus, we set people free from all that is life-threatening, including religion. And I want to say this again to you. God is not interested in religion. Religion is our thing. What God is interested in? God is interested in love. If Jesus were to declare what is true religion, he would say it is love. In fact, he has said it because he says it's love for whom? For God and love for neighbor. He's all about love. And that's the God we serve. A God who loves us. And think about it. I don't deserve God's love. You probably feel the same way. We don't. But God loves both the just and the unjust. God loves all of us. In Christ, we are set free. That love of God comes to us. We are set free, not simply for self-determination, but we are set free from sin, and we are set free from death and the evil one. That means we are free, free to love the neighbor. We serve Christ, who made himself vulnerable and sacrificed his life out of love for our freedom. So as his followers, this 4th of July, and as we live out our lives in the world, we are sent to sow seeds of love, spread love, spread justice, spread peace, and offer healing and hope through the power of God's Spirit in the world in our lives, that all may enjoy, through freedom, genuine liberty. Amen.